connected to Business Wrap, inspiring ideas that propel the business community forward. And now, our special edition of Crane's Detroit Business, Detroit Rising, with senior reporter Chad Livingood. Welcome, everyone. This is Chad Livingood. I'm a reporter at Crane's Detroit Business, and you're listening to Detroit Rising, a weekly podcast on cranesdetroit.com and segment on Business Wrap. In this show, we're talking with business owners and leaders in government, uh, nonprofits, and philanthropy who are growing businesses, investing in Detroit, and focusing on on reversing the city's uh, decades-long decline um, in this nascent revitalization that we are experiencing. This week, we are uh, recording the show from Sister Pie Bakery on Kirchival Avenue in Detroit's West Village neighborhood, in a historic area that's seen new residents and businesses moving in. Um, I'm joined this week by Lisa Ludwinski, uh, owner of Sister Pie Bakery, and Cliff Brown, uh, managing partner of, of Woodborne Partners, a developer uh, who's recently done a, um, a mixed-use um, development here in, in West Village. Thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Lisa, let's start with you. Um, tell us a little bit about a uh, Sister Pie, uh, you've been here now three years. Um, how did you, uh, you were selling your, your baked goods across the street in a market, and then now you are um, kind of running this bustling uh, bakery uh, here on Kirchival Avenue. Well, I started the business five years ago, a little over five years ago. I had been living in New York after college. I studied theater um, and wanted to move to New York to pursue those dreams, but got really distracted by food, as you would in a city like New York. And I, I pursued it in various ways there. And then I decided to move back to Michigan and start my own thing. And so I actually worked out of my parents' kitchen for the first year, selling pies to family and friends. And then the year after that, we moved into a commercial shared kitchen in Midtown and started to gain wholesale accounts. And we were selling our pies online for people to pre-order. And that's when, yeah, we were first introduced to the West Village because uh, back then Parker Street Market was open right here on Parker and Kirchival. And we were selling our pies there and our cookies and our muffins. And the owner, David Kirby, would just allow us to kind of bring whatever we wanted. So we were doing it on kind of a consignment deal. And then when people would pre-order pies from us, they could go there and pick them up. And it was this really great opportunity for us to see that people would not only travel a distance to go to Sister Pie, but they would. there was a demand in this very neighborhood for that type of product. And I was able to create these relationships with people over time, and uh, the space right across the street became available one day, and it was a beautiful corner location, and it seemed too good to be true. So we scooped it up, and uh, we opened in April of 2015. So... Yeah, I've been going at it ever since. Wow, and, and it sounds like it's a, it's a full-time job every day. Definitely, definitely. Running a bakery. Um, Cliff, you, you, your company just recently did this uh, mixed-use development, the Co, um, just kind of around the corner here. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, uh, how that project got off the ground, because as we're like looking at trying to understand um, you know, redevelopment in Detroit, uh, there's a lot of challenges that, that come along with financing a project, um, even in a neighborhood like this where there's a lot of demand uh, to live. Yeah, so um, the advantage that we had with that project, really the, the funders are the one who brought the project to us. In uh, June of 2016, the city of Detroit, um, J.P. Morgan Chase through Capital Impact Partners as well as Invest Detroit were looking to foster development in the neighborhood. And we had partnered with them in um, building the Scott at Brush Park. And so they knew how we do development. They knew we had a sensitivity to the community um, and that we could perform. 
And so they approached us about doing uh, six townhomes on the corner of Coe and Van Dyke. And we took a look at it and we said, the six townhomes really don't work. And we really reworked the deal and um, went full steam ahead on um, bringing the Coe to life. And um, we feel like we moved it at a pretty quick pace. Uh, we really kind of settled on an agreement in June of 2016, and by November 1st of 2017, we were 100% leased on the residential side and opening our doors. And you got um, a dozen units? So we have eight townhomes, four apartments, of which uh, 20% are uh, affordable and 1,200 square feet of retail. And the only thing that is still available is we have about 600 square feet of uh, retail space that's available. And really, the only reason it's available is that we want to do something that um, complements the other retail in the neighborhood. And so we don't want to just fill the space just to fill the space. But we've had uh, a lot of interest. Um, and we're very excited uh, at uh, how the, the site turned out. You know, we built uh, almost 18,000 square feet of mixed use, including parking and housing and retail, on a 10,000 square foot lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, as, as a business owner in this in this neighborhood, um, you, you got the bakery. There's a restaurant across the street. There's Detroit Vegan Soul. There's a there's a few other um, uh, shops and a couple of. of um, uh, barber shops and and but what's the, what's the kind of businesses uh, diversity of businesses that you think this neighborhood needs um, at, in order to to foster not just people you know coming here as a destination neighborhood but also more and more uh, residents uh, moving back in or redeveloping some of these vacant lots across the street here. Yeah, I think more spaces where people can gather as a community without necessarily having to spend a lot of money is is something that I think this neighborhood kind of needs. Um, I think if there's places like even bookstores and and other retail shops where people can gather and events can happen and it's something that's really accessible from you know age zero to age 99 because one thing that's really great about this neighborhood and this area in general is that it is diverse in so many ways age race background if you lived here your whole life if you just moved here and so i think places where those people can all come together and feel welcome at once is something that's really important um that that can exist in a lot of different kinds of businesses but i think it's it's very important to have you know it's it's good to have the businesses that have a very specific draw um because that also, you know, makes this neighborhood attractive and, 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 and really gives a service to a lot of different people in the neighborhood. But I think the more that we can create those spaces where everyone can can congregate together, um, the better. Um, I think something, like I said, like a neighborhood um, bookstore would be a really great idea. Um, and I don't just say that because I have a cookbook coming out next year <laughs> or this year, actually. Um, and but but then on sort of totally the flip side of that, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, maybe wanting another bar or mu- another like casual kind of place, and and, and that's a gathering place there's too. There's a wine bar. There's a wine. Yep. There's a wine bar, and there's craft work, of course, and, and then the restaurant will be opening next door. So maybe that is, and then there, there's Gabriel Hall down the street. Um, but I think sometimes people, you know, in the West Village right now, they've been like, well, where do we go out? There's only a couple of places to go out, and otherwise you kind of have to travel across the city um, to find a, a bar to go to. Um, but and so, th- so there's that element. Um, For those who aren't uh, familiar, West Village is uh, off of Jefferson, half mile off of Jefferson, basically, or, or less, um, on the east side of Detroit. And Jefferson has got a lot of potential 
Uh, there's a lot of activity on Jefferson right now. Can you talk about that, Cliff, about where things are going? Yeah, I mean, um, things are starting to steadily move. So, uh, as you mentioned, the neighborhood is, is east of downtown, and things are starting to slowly move east. I think they're going to probably start in Island View and along the riverfront. Uh, first, the riverfront is um, south of, of Jefferson. I think the challenge right now is Jefferson is so wide, it's almost like a highway, right? And so it makes it difficult to have true retail there unless it's destination retail. And so where the opportunity really, um, where there really are opportunities are, I, I think, from my perspective, north of Jefferson in the neighborhoods. One of the things that I think has to happen from a developer and landlord perspective is that as retail comes, it has to be complementary. So we've had a couple of bakeries that have approached us and we said, absolutely not. If you have a different concept, maybe. And it's the same way. We have hot yoga opening up in the cold, but we were only going to do hot yoga if one of the, the um, there are two ladies who own um, fitness-related businesses in the neighborhood, and it had to be one of them to do it because it had to be complimentary. And so what we've kind of told the bakeries, we said, listen, we'd love to have a deli because we think a deli would be great. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're a bakery and you want to come and do a deli, you can do a deli, but you can't do a bakery because we've got bakeries here, right? And they're awesome bakeries. And it's not even that they would open up and, I mean, Sister Pie is so awesome, they can stand on their own. It just doesn't make sense to all opening competing businesses when everybody's trying to kind of get the, their feet under them. Lisa, could you use a, a, a deli in this neighborhood? Oh, for sure. We, we would love a place to go for more lunch options. Um, that's something I think I take back what I said about the bar. I think <laughs> we definitely are good on the bars, but I think, yeah, people um, wanting to just grab a sandwich. I mean, I love going to Detroit Vegan Soul, um, but I think there's definitely some people who would maybe like to get some corned beef and turkey every it's once in a while yeah it's funny i'm a big guy so i'm i'm like i love detroit vegan soul but i need somewhere where i can go and get like you said some, some meat detroit so corned beef absolutely yeah. absolutely so yeah. i think it offers a good opportunity there the other thing um as was stated was um trying to find opportunities to do larger scale development where you can create a sense of place right you have the dog park there and you have some other places but really creating that sense of place where you can come and you can have a communal feel and everybody has an opportunity really to come together um, and and just enjoy each other's presence well the, the co um, how do you how do you get uh, how do we get a dozen more buildings like that um, in this neighborhood uh, I mean to, to build out the, the type of density that's needed to, to, to justify getting more and more um, small businesses to come in here well, I think, I think one of the things that was important and was important for us and the reason that we, we mentioned the time that um, how quickly we were able to get it built and the fact that it was fully occupied is that it demonstrates that there is a need and a desire for that in the neighborhood. Um, I mean, you know, um, it's unheard of to get a building built that fast and to have it fully leased states that, hey, there are people who really want this. And I think that's really the first step is being able to say to other developers, there is a need here and there is a desire here. The other thing I think is, is we've started to now refine what the economic model looks like to build something at that scale. Because up until this point, until you really do it, you don't know where the challenges or the holes are. And one of the things I think that really will make sense is at, at the size of uh, the co is having a mix of a for rent and a for sale product um, just mm -hmm. because you know some of the incentives that were thrown at the co you likely won't be able to have that are replicable um, if you're going to do it at scale but if you do for example the townhomes for sale and you still have a, a for rent apartment building I think it offers offers an opportunity to continue to stabilize the neighborhood and have a continual mix of residents coming in 
that uh, will service the retail. Yeah, Lisa, um, kind of moving forward, do, do you own this building? I do not. Are you, are you trying to buy it? or? Uh, we were trying to buy it, um, but it was a price that we couldn't uh, make happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're... Do you need more space? Uh, we do need a little more space. So there's actually a space right behind us that we'd like to eventually expand into, um, mm-hmm. but we're not totally sure what's happening with it and, and how that's going to go for us. But we do we do want a little more space. We don't have any desire to open any other locations at this point, and we never really have thought of it that way. But in order to just get some more refrigeration and freezer and then... Um, we'd like to kind of expand our pie class program, so having a little bit of space so that we could maybe do that during the day. Right now, our offices consist of two folding tables in the basement, so we'd like to change that a little bit as we bring more people on. Um, but, yeah, we want to grow just so that we can continue to serve uh, retail like we are right now, but then kind of expand our wholesale account so that we can you know, get into more places across the city in the area. And then, like I said, increase our pie class program because i mean the the the, the prospect of, of having another location is expensive but if you can put your baked goods in some someone else's uh cabinet and display or or offices or restaurants that there's a there's a whole different line of business to be had there exactly and i think for us since it is so much about creating that community space I think if we tried to replicate it a bunch of times, it, it just wouldn't quite be the same. And so we know that there's people who want our product all over Metro Detroit, so we can still get them that, but then those same people can come here and have the experience of being in the West Village at this bakery where everyone is making the pie right in front of you. And that's something that I know I can only manage the one, <laughs> um, and I only kind of want to manage the one. Right. Um, is there a la- we're wrapping up in our last two minutes here. Uh, Cliff Brown, tell us a little bit about what your outlook is on, on, on this area of the east side Detroit as far as um, revitalization going forward. I think it's, it's full steam ahead. Um, if you look at uh, Invest Detroit has the Strategic Neighborhood Fund, and, and for the most part, they've said that they're moving to other neighborhoods just because from a development commu- uh, uh, community, the appetite is so strong to be here that really uh, I think the only thing that's going to create a challenge is it's is kind of like what we saw happen in Brush Park for a little while was that the neighborhood heated so up so much that the prices were so high that the people who actually were interested in doing development or uh, renovations were priced out for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I certainly see this neighborhood in the next five or six years really uh, continuing to grow and continue to expand and continuing to fill out. Um, and Lisa Ludwinski of Sister Pie Bakery, uh, kind of final comments about uh, your outlook and what, what do you, what's your message to a small business owner or entrepreneur who, who is looking to move to Detroit or do what you did and, and kind of come and put down roots and, and try to, try to um, you know, fulfill their dreams on the business? I think the best thing that we did was start slowly. Um, I think it's important to, to kind of meet people along the way and, and sort of see if your business is needed in a community, if it's welcome in a community, and, and talk to the people in the community that you're looking at um, to really be in touch with what's going on there. Just like we said, what are the business needs? Um, I think any time a business just kind of plants itself and lands without talking to people, then that creates conflict, but I think there's a lot of opportunities. Great. Uh, Lisa Lewinsky of Sister Pie and Cliff Brown of Woodborn Partners, thank you for joining us here today on Detroit Rising. I'm Chad Livengood. Thanks for joining us on Detroit Rising. Uh, you can catch all our podcasts on CreamDetroit.com and Business Wrap from our founder, Suzanne Hewitt. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>